This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Do you ever feel uninvited, less than compared to the people you see around you? Wondering why everyone seems to be getting ahead while you are left behind. Why everyone is doing something bigger while you feel small and insignificant. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is Kindled, a podcast where women share stories of motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. The no's, the not yet's, the rejection and deferral of dreams can mount and leave us feeling deflated and empty. So how can we renew our mind and transform our experience regardless of our circumstances. That's what speaker and author Sarah Martin and I are going to discuss today. And if you're a woman alive in 2018, you need to hear this conversation, friend. In this age of insta fame and instant comparison, I know that you need the message and blessing of this conversation as much as I did. Guys, before we get started, one more thing I want to say. I announced a couple weeks ago on one of the episodes that I was going to be hosting a giveaway of a couple $50 gift cards, and literally no one took me up on it. So this is what I'm telling you. If you leave a review on the podcast, you have a very strong chance of winning one of these gift cards. So how you can win is leave a review on iTunes and then direct message me on Instagram at haleywilliams.kindled to let me know you did. I am going to offer this again because nobody did it. And I was at Target yesterday and they have a lot of cute stuff. Uh, I had like, they were doing buy one, get one sweaters, buy one, get one bags of coffee. I mean, $50 can get you a lot, if especially if you're shopping smart and especially if you're shopping alone in the women's section. So if you want to get in on it, go leave me a review on iTunes. If you don't have an Apple iPhone, just go to the podcast on iTunes website and leave a review. I also have a link that'll take you directly there on my website at kindledpodcast.com. Now on to my conversation with Sarah. Today we have Sarah Martin joining us on Kindled. Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you on here. I've been following you on Instagram for a while, which is probably true for me and most of my guests, but um, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us what you do and a little bit about who you are. Yeah. So I'm so glad to be here. I'm Sarah and I live in Texas. I'm a Texas girl through and through. We lived in North Carolina for about 13 years and it's good to be back home. Um, But I like to say I'm a wife a mom, a friend, and a wannabe artist. I love to mess around in my art room. That's where I currently am right here. And I like to say I'm a wannabe artist because I just love to like splash around paint and make a mess and have fun with it. Some of my friends have asked me to sell my stuff, which every now and then I do, but I'm so much of a type A that if I start making it into a business, like it's just not fun anymore because I would totally make it into a full-blown thing. So anyway, so yeah, I have been married for 16 years and I have a son who is 10 years old and I love to 
do life and ministry for with women by teaching and speaking. And I love writing. I've written a couple books. And my biggest thing is lately, though, and making sure that if I'm going to be online, spending time online, that I am also doing ministry in what I call my own backyard. So just mm-hmm. hanging out with real life in real people, in real life people doing mm-hmm. life right in my community. I like to find that balance. Yeah, yeah, that is... That's a good point. We should probably talk about that um, later on in the interview. But um, yeah. so how did you like get started in ministry? I know you've written a Bible study. Um, yeah. Like how did this all kind of come about? Have you always been interested and kind of involved in that way or? Yeah. So I spent seven years in corporate America. I was a pharmaceutical sales rep and um, right out of college, I was ready to do the corporate thing. And I did, I didn't get my dream job right away. I kind of worked toward that sales experience to get to be a pharmaceutical sales rep, which I loved doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so fun because God wastes nothing along the way. And the things that I learned in the corporate world and being in sales have totally helped me as an author and um, navigating the marketing world Mm -hmm. with all of that. And so um, about five years in, no, I'd say about three and a half years into pharmaceutical sales, I started just kind of getting an itch for more. And I joined up with a uh, discipleship program with Chuck Colson. And many people are familiar with him because he started a prison fellowship. So angel tree. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, a part of his ministry, he since has passed away, but a part of his ministry was developing a discipleship program called the Centurions program, all about biblical worldview. And so I would go to train. Um, I would take time off of work and go to DC for training. It was so much fun to go to DC. And I was with men and women that were just way ahead of me in their walk in their faith walk and such. And so I really grew, but I remember one moment when Chuck Colson said, Uh, a quote and it stuck with me and it just got to me to the point where I was like, this is it. This is how I move forward with ministry. But the quote is Abraham Kuyper and it is, there's not one square inch of the entire universe where Christ who is sovereign over all does not claim mine. So not one square inch of our life where that's like, Jesus isn't sovereign of it and in it and of it and all about it. And it just started making sense to me. And I was like, I want to teach about that. I want to make that sense for other women who keep their faith in this box, whether it's on Sundays or Bible study night during their week. Mm -hmm. So um, I just started growing in my faith and growing in my um, writing. I started writing and uh, a funny part, a funny thing, not funny, funny, not funny kind of thing was Mm -hmm. that my husband was in the army. And so, um, he's been deployed three times. Mm-hmm. The first deployment, I was a hot mess. I spent all our money. I didn't know how to budget. I didn't have a community. I w- I mean, it was when the Iraq war first started and nobody knew what the heck was going on. Um, and so the second time around, I was like, okay, we're going to do better this time. And so that's when I really started diving into this discipleship program. Then the third deployment was a really sweet time. So like I said, God doesn't waste anything. And so I'm still working full time, but I have this four month old who's already, who's on a schedule. Now my son was mm-hmm. on a schedule, finally kind of got through my postpartum depression. My Zoloft was kind of evening out. Then my husband deployed. So that was kind of rough. But once we got on a schedule, my son was in bed by seven thirty at night mm-hmm. and I had the evenings to myself. 
So that's when my kind of writing, my real intense, like focused writing started. And I joined up with Proverbs 31 Ministries uh, to start up a a website that we did years ago. It was called She Seeks and it was for 20 somethings. And that really started to be my passion for these women, for women in their, in between, mostly in between college and their career, maybe not married yet. Mm -hmm. And back then, this was in uh, 2010. Back then, there weren't really many, there wasn't really a lot going on as far as Bible studies and focused resources like there are now for women in their 20s. Mm-hmm. So I was set out to write a book. I was like, okay, I'll write one. So I wrote my first book. It's called Stress Point Thriving Through Your 20s and a Decade of Drama. And it's that same concept of putting Jesus in every square inch of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kept going with that and um, just really growing in my, um, maturity and faith and then growing and kind of getting cool opportunities to write. And I wrote my second book called Just Rise Up, A Call to Make Jesus Famous. And that was birthed out of Psalm 145, where it says, one generation will proclaim his fame to the next. So I had another one of these light bulb moments, like with Chuck Colson several years before, where I was like, make Jesus famous in every square inch of our life. I get it. Let's write more about this. So my heart in that one was also 20 somethings. I love, I still to this day, hang out with college girls. We live in a college town. Mm-hmm. And, but this time around, I was like, all right, I want my friends who are in their thirties to read my book this time. Cause none of them read my book the first time. Cause it had for 20 something. So they do. It was just funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was, I was all excited to open kind of up my audience. So that's really how I got started. I just got connected with a bunch of different authors that mentored me through the publishing process. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. It sounds like what I like about like hearing that is just that it's sort of like one, you just kind of took one step in front of the other, like you first with the group, what was it called? The Centurions? The Centurions program. Yeah. They still do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I didn't realize I, I guess Chuck Colson has written books, right? He wrote. Yes, a lot he of wrote books. a book. Um, he wrote several books, but the I recommend this to this day. It's called "How Now Shall We Live." That is okay. Yes, yes. that it's is like how I've heard. Eight hundred pages long. It's super long, but maybe not eight hundred. But yep. it's so worth the read. So anyway, yep. yes, you're right. He wrote that book. Yes. Well, yeah, and that's funny because I think I read that book in high school. I went to a private Christian high school and we read that in our biblical worldviews class. Perfect. And I took a four year, I, well, was it two, three or four? I don't know. Three or four years of worldviews, like literally every single year. So it was like, we started in the Greco-Roman age and like Greek mythology and read Homer's Odyssey and all of those, you know, Socrates and Plato. And then intense. moving into, yeah, like the, I mean, every era of world history, but not from a history perspective, from a, worldviews perspective. So mm-hmm. <laughs> funny enough, I like actually never took a traditional history class at this private Christian school, but I took worldviews. So I think you uh, learned a lot there. I think that's legit. Yeah. 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 Some would say, you know, that's not a good, good idea, but you know, I, 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 in going into college, I knew what I believed and why I believed it. Well, so see, you know, I think that's just that's, as, I mean, more important. Yeah. Right. Totally. Ultimately probably more important, but, uh, yeah. But so when you were talking about worldview, I was like, oh, I did worldviews. And then the book, that's why I read that. So it was totally probably in line with exactly what we were reading. So that's awesome. Um, But yeah, so you just kind of like got started. You 
the first thing you did was, you know, okay, I'm interested in this. I'm going to join up with this group and I'm going to go do this thing in DC and I'm going to learn. And then you got mentors and then you, it just seems like it kind of like domino effect. Not that you were planning or, or like routing your course, like I'm going to go into ministry, but it was just like, I have an affinity for this. I'm interested in this. And you started moving that direction. Yeah, I did. And it was one of those things where I was, um, when I wrote my first book, I was working full time. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. How in the world am I doing this? I think I didn't know any better. And yep. so I just did it on the weekends. I spent hours in Starbucks at, you know, maybe I cut out a Saturday morning once my son was down for his morning nap and left my husband and my son, you know, to go write. And, um, and so I just did what I did. And then after seven years, my company had layoffs Mm -hmm. and, or they were doing severance packages and I, or, or you could take a new dynamic. And really it was time for me to move on. My heart was not there any longer. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was our plan for me to stay home and be able to be stay at home and do my writing just Mm -hmm. not yet. So it was a little bit of like a leap of faith because, um, Mm -hmm. That was a pretty lucrative job for us, but that's where it was the clear path. And so we just, we just did it, you know? And so, um, God's timing was perfect because it was about that time that my book was coming, like it was coming to the point where the edits and things coming around and it was out of my hands. And so I needed to, I had to work on their schedule. And so not having to work full time opened me up to my editor's schedule. And so it was just God's, God's timing is just, you know, I know it's sometimes cliche to say that, but I really experienced that in that season. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. So you mentioned something to me as we were kind of talking through like what, what the theme would be of, you know, what you wanted to share with the Kindle audience and which is largely comprised of uh, well, it's all women, I, I think, I hope, and then largely moms who work in some capacity. And, you know, obviously that's, for some people that's working outside the home and others it's inside the home and others it's, you know, um, tending to their children in their home and, and that is the work of their life. So what you mentioned to me was this idea um, that God has been laying on your heart about kind of acceptance and being invited and included in your work. And so I, that resonated with me a lot just from where I'm at right now in my life. And, um, I would love to kind of hear from you on that. What does that mean to you? What is, what has God been teaching you and what are you learning right now? Cause you're a few years ahead of me and probably some of the listeners in your, in your walk with that. And, and so I know, I mean, I can benefit from what you're learning and I'd just love to hear like what, what's on your heart. Yeah. So I have to preface this and say, this is really real and raw for me. Mm. Um, It is really raw because I did not come to this place of understanding where I had some emotional healing to do in this area of being accepted, being invited, being included uh, till about uh, three years ago. Okay. So I told you we moved back to Texas. Mm-hmm. And when we moved back to Texas, I, um, I was sitting with the Lord I was getting ready to write another book. I was getting ready to write another proposal because that's what I quote unquote should have been doing is was the next timing, you know, the timing of staying relevant. And I came to this place where I heard the Lord say, no, put it away. And I heard God say that clearly. And in that moment, there was relief because I knew that there was so much in my heart that needed to just be healed 
so much comparison, so much of jealousy. Like, you know, when you're scrolling through social media and like, she, you're, you're thinking to yourself, wow. And if you're not in a good place, you're like, wow, she got that really good deal. That really good opportunity. I wish I had that opportunity or, yeah. or they, I didn't get included in that. And social media really elevates that to a new level. Yeah. Um, and so when God said, put it away, I found this freedom. And so I close, I called this season, my closed door and we can st- we can talk about that later, but I call it a closed door season where I was forced to sit in front of a no from God and not look for that. Well, okay. Let me back up. You know, when you hear that old cliche, when God closes a door, he opens a window. Mm-hmm. Well, I Googled it that one time. I was like, for sure, this is in the Bible. <laughs> no, no. It's not. it is not. No yeah. in the Bible does it say that. So All this to say was, I heard the Lord say, no, sit your patootie right here and we have some work to do. We have some healing to do instead of going and looking for that next open door or what's next. Mm -hmm. I saw these no's and not yet and kind of that rejection and that uh, not being included leading up to that. And so in different arenas with my work or with friendships or whatever, And so when I, I knew I had a good concept of this closed door and I said, okay, God, we're going to sit and work. And while we sat and just, I spent time with the Lord, I wasn't producing anything. I wasn't writing much. Um, I was doing ministry in my own backyard, like I mentioned, but I was not trying to stay relevant and and keep up. So I, I started seeing where these need to be included and to be invited. And especially it started with my work where I would look back and say, okay, where would, what got me to this really yucky heart junkie place where we needed to take a break. And it was because I couldn't handle that comparison, that jealousy, that seeing others and seeing what I was being saying, said no to, or what I perceived Mm -hmm. was a no to me. And it, it, all got down to the root of being accepted and being invited and being included. Mm -hmm. Um, I even saw it with friendships. Like I had never seen before because I was now the new girl in town. And when you're the new girl, it's hard, you know, it's hard at first because you see everybody else going out, not, you know, out and posting it on social media and you didn't get invited there either. Yeah. So really where I saw that God, I needed work and I needed to heal. And for me, I saw that being included in that, that being invited and acceptance, I mapped it back. So I think it's really important if, if you're hearing God whisper these themes to your heart, let's work, let's work, allow him to uncover where that started. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was what was what started for me was back. Like I told you back when I started writing and, and my faith was maturing, mm-hmm. I started equating my maturing in faith. And then just these opportunities that God put in my heart or in my lap, kind of, they literally fell in my lap, some of them to publish. I started equating those things with God's love for me. Mm-hmm. And when I got no's or rejection from a publisher, then that love for me and my worth, I'm, I'm, if you could see my hands right now, you'd be doing one of those yeah. scales that tips and turns. And my work, I just, I saw God, you must not love me or am I, I must not be good enough if I didn't even get invited to that one um, conference to speak Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or whatever that was. And it started this pattern that I was emotionally unhealthy. I mean, it was my husband, 
he was like, what, you're going to write another book again? What? Not, he knew, like he knew it was just too much that there needed to be some work. Yeah. So once I saw the root of that and God started peeling that back, it was hard. It hurt so much. Um, but I saw how good he was and how much I could trust him with that heart to keep peeling and keep working and keep doing the work of seeing his being, being valued and invited by God and what that really means to each and every one of us. Mm. Wow. That's really good. Um, I've been taking notes as you're talking because I want to come back to some of these things as you're going through them. I am in a real similar season. I feel like with my work as well, but to the one that you just described that you were in when you're like, okay, like I'm comparing, I'm looking, I'm seeing, I'm kind of looking around to see where I should be by now, you know? And that just, I mean, it's, it's, gets us down this road that is not helpful or healthy because there is no, if, if it's true that like God is this grand author of human history and it's true that our stories are all unique, then there really is no way to put us all on a ruler or a scale of time and place in history and go, well, you're not where that person is. And it's, you started the same year. And so why are they there? And you're not, and it's like, but that, but that's what we do when we're comparing, we're really just saying, I should be there because of whatever we justify in our heads. And, and it's, I mean, there's just so much we could say about that and we can talk about that. But I think that I hate to always blame social media, but it is a real thing. And I, I, I feel like I bring this up on the show pretty regularly that like, we can't, we can't like completely let Instagram form our worldview of ourselves or, or others, but it is even for someone, like I just told you how many, how much education I had around worldview and how solid I am in my own beliefs and how secure I am in my faith. That is like a black hole to complete darkness. I feel like if, if you, if you are not in the right frame of mind, when you go there and you look there, like Instagram, Facebook, whatever you're comparing, wherever you're, wherever you tend to compare yourself with people, it doesn't have to be Instagram, but that's just where I personally go, you know, to see. So yeah, I agree. I do too. And man, it's just, I don't know. I honestly, this week was thinking, do maybe I need to take a break? Like maybe I need because when I get into that place of what you were saying, where you're like, what is causing this reaction? What is, what is causing this? You, you kind of draw the line all the way back to the source. Yeah. And I don't know. I just wonder, so like, is that, and for me, it's hard. Cause it's like, I do my entire business is online. Like sure. my entire, I mean, most of ours are these days, yeah. you know, but like, I am literally a social media. Um, I do social media for some clients and I do mm-hmm. web design. So it's like, I can't not be there, but at the same time, you know, for me, it kind of just, I guess it comes down to the, the new iOS has these limitations where you can put on your social, like one hour a day and then cut me off or whatever. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. And I did that. And then I'll, all it bred in me was shame because then when I would get to my one hour and be like, but I'm not done with what I need to do today or, Oh, I didn't, Oh, I forgot. Like I was just scrolling and I wasn't actually doing the work I needed to do. Now I have to spend more. And now I felt guilty about the legalism of, I was on for more than an hour because I had to say, you know, expand my limit or ignore for today. Man, I just, that is really hard. Like, what do you do there? Do you go for that? You know, I'm going to just stick to one hour a day or do you say, okay, I'm not going to put a legalistic limit on it. I'm just going to make sure my heart's in the right place. And then how do you do that? And it's just, 
Oh my gosh. I think, I think you're right about the both and like creating healthy heart habits, but also the emotional side of it. And I I was just thinking about this the other day where I found myself in a a good place. (laughs) Do you ever feel like you're like on an emotional roller coaster all through the day? You start in a good place and then it's like, woo, I thought I was doing so good this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, But where I found myself in a good, healthy heart place to interact uh, on social media or even in person is to re really focus in on what is your here and now, what is our here right here and right now. And ask God to show you the value of his here and his right now for Mm -hmm. you and where you can minister, have value and make a difference Mm-hmm. Right where your plate is right now, because you made a, such a good point. We make, we put these barometers and measuring points of, I mean, I'm 39, almost 40. And I'm thinking, I, I mean, I have all kinds of measurements of where I thought I should be right now. I mean, mm-hmm. all at different ages, we have different, like, you know, worldly standards. But where, when I found myself in a good spot is listing out, okay, what is my right here right now? And who am I affecting? Who am I, um, who is a blessing? Who, who can I be a blessing to right here? Who can I do my, um, be all of myself with my family, my friends, what is right here and right now? And sometimes it's, it, it's taking, it takes asking God, okay, can you peel back some of these layers and let me see Mm -hmm. so that I put and show me how to put more value on that than what I think should be. Yeah. That's really good. Um, I need to just let you talk because uh, <laughs> you have you have a little no, more um, clarity. I love this conversation. Yeah. No, it's just like it's yeah, it is very real and very current for me because um, it's interesting. I have several businesses. One that I just sold this summer. One that's in like kind of the three to five year span. So it's like just starting to really get going and be comfortable. And then one that's very new. And so I'm still in that like really early stage of like building something that is brand new and figuring out what works, what doesn't work. And interesting. Cause I think even though I've been an entrepreneur for seven years, it doesn't mean that the next thing that I start is going to somehow skip the, the like growth period that a business normally takes or that, you know, that one to three years, it's like you're hustling three to five as you're building and five to seven is you're, you're thriving. And it's just kind of like things are starting to happen more naturally without you than without, with you being literally involved in every single thing. Mm -hmm. I I think in my mind, I sort of thought like that I would just like, now that I've been in business seven years, like, okay, everything I do will just like turn to gold. It'll just like, it'll just catapult to that, like the end of the spectrum and, and come to where I am now. But that's not how things, that's not how business works. Mm. That's not really how life works. And, and so it's just reorienting like my expectations mm. and my, what I expect for myself, what I am asking from God, what I expect him to give to me. And, you know, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot there. And like you said, the peeling back of the layers, like what is, what is really beneath that? And, and I think it does come to that, what you were saying about like, where, where are you putting the value? Like, do you put the value on your vision and your dreams? Cause I talk a lot about that here about what is the dream that God's put in your heart and like work towards that and build that and, and don't, you know, don't be afraid and, and don't live in fear. But at the same time, I think if we're not careful, we can miss that other part, the other piece of that conversation, which is, but also know that like, even that won't make you 
happy. Even that, yeah, will, no, I agree. Even that dream is not yeah. going to make you suddenly feel better about yourself or right. like you've, you've made it. Cause you'll never make it that the making, totally. the making it is not real. No, that is not no. exact. That is putting value on something else. And that's really where on, on, I call it, I've, God gave me this visual of holding, are you holding on to a golden brick or glitter? And it where in gold it a brick and you think you hear in the the Bible the weight of God's glory um and the reason why I bring that up is when we seek after first all of who God is looking at His nature studying His character looking at His goodness His love then allowing the weight of that glory and His light of His glory to shine in on who He made us to be to shine in on those cre- uh, those crevices of our hearts that, that where he's woven into person, uh, personality traits, characteristics, dreams, passions, all those things. When that, that light of God's glory shines in on that, we're looking to something that is more weighty than that gold, that like gold glitter, that's fleeting, that's distracting. Mm-hmm. Then we see all of who we are. And the good thing about that, when you look at it that way, I hope this makes sense because I have this such of this visual in my head. And, but when you look at it that way, you are looking at a more steadfast, firm um, foundation to sit on and then dream from than uh, a moving target of the world. That move, I mean, either you're scrolling or you're comparing what other other entrepreneurs or other women are doing. That is a moving target based on whatever the world or even our own expectations. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really where we can find ourselves in such an emotionally unhealthy and a roller coaster place. And let me tell you, for a long time, I had a hard time talking about dreaming. I had a hard time. I'm a vision person. I'm a visual person. Mm-hmm. I and and I felt like in in that time period of of my late 20s and early 30s, I was like, let's go, God. Let's. I mean, all these things that that we were doing, and then a lot was a no. There were a lot of no's with some really great yeses that I'm so grateful for. And and I so I started not trusting myself with dreaming. Yeah, and it's really just been the last, since I've had this break and God showed me where I was falling short of looking for acceptance and approval of others and not seeking that weight of his glory and versus the glittery, the fleeting Mm -hmm. glitter to where that was detrimental to my dreams and my plans. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just now coming to a place. I mean, like I said, I'm 39. Holy cow. You know, like I should know this by now. No, no. I mean, and you, you knew, you knew it in your head, but it's when you Mm -hmm. learn it on a new heart level, it's like you're scratching a new, you're, you're, you're peeling back a a new layer that hadn't been peeled back to this point. And and it's like the layers of beliefs and things that we, and expectations we didn't know we had and dreams that we're not fulfilled or visions that didn't come to be. And and you're like, and you suddenly, it all kind of catches up with you and you're like, Oh, okay. I have got to do some work here. Like you said, I've got to do some, some inner work and not just keep pushing forward, you know, full steam ahead going, I'm just going to drive harder. That, that must be it. I just got to, I just got to work harder, try. Um, I must, I must not be doing something right. Let's see what I'm doing wrong. And the problem for me is that, you know, what I'm, with this new business that I'm talking about is, is coaching mm-hmm. and I'm working with female entrepreneurs. 
And in that space, in the coaching space, you know, there is a lot of coaches for coaches talking to you about what you could be doing better and how you could be improving your coaching business. And okay, if you're not, you know, if you're not hitting your numbers, then you obviously don't know how to close sales. Mm -hmm. Or if you're not doing this, then you're obviously missing this piece. And of course, they're all trying to sell you something like I'm pretty sure when it comes to that. So I know that. But it is so, so hard to separate. Okay, like, Yes, I know there are best practices in any business. And Mm -hmm. yes, I know that there are ways that people discover that are like proven, you know, um, sets of actions you can take to do certain things. Cause I teach that to my students, like here's how to Mm -hmm. send an email campaign. That's going to nurture that lead into a customer. Mm -hmm. Like I know how I, I know that this, this actually works, but I have to always be also aware that just because I'm doing all the right things does not mean I'm going to get the outcome that that other person got. And it also doesn't mean that I failed if I don't get that outcome, because I believe in the spiritual, that in this physical world, there's what is more weighty than our physical world is the spiritual realm that exists all the time around us that we, we don't see. And that there may be times that God even prevents something that I think would be best for me from happening right now because there's something better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I, it's like, that is what I'm realizing is so hard about doing business as a believer and being right. in, in the world and, and not of the world and being in business, but not of business. Like the, you've got to always be kind of taking yourself out and kind of looking at this like from above almost in a sense, like, okay, where right. am I in relation to what everybody else is saying? And am I just kind of like the sheep that's being led along to believe that, you know, if I just buy one more course or buy one more program that I'm going to finally be, that it's going to finally like open the yeah. door and my mind will be, and I'm just missing that one piece of information. And mm-hmm. then when I get it, you know, I just, it's so hard. Like that mm-hmm. reality of, yes, we can learn and yes, we can grow and we should. And like, we should be excited to to do those things. But at the same time, like you're saying, sometimes like you really are in a season of, no, the answer is that you're going to wait because I need you to be focused on me. Right. Or I need your heart. And this is the best and fastest and easiest way for me to get to it is by giving you a no. You know, it's like, totally. I mean, we know God loves us and he's going to do what's best for us. And what's best for us is not necessarily what we have been asking for, you know, or what we've been dreaming about. So, yeah, I think, I think you nailed it as far as the conversation of there's so much information out there on how to do business, how to do marketing. I was in sales for years. I love marketing conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love all the talk around marketing. And I think it is so key to to constantly, like we talked about biblical worldview. It's funny how we started that the conversation with that. Yeah. Have to filter a lot of this by who do I get my ultimate wisdom from? Right. Um, do I want doors to open that are God's doors and God's best and God's yes versus doors that I've kicked open mm-hmm. and potentially knocked over some people along the way or mm-hmm. potentially damaged my own emotional well being or my family dynamic um, to towards what God's what's not God's best and toward His good plan. And I think a lot of that comes back to do we understand 
who we serve and the value of God's wisdom, the value of God's love and operating. I told this to a a group of gals that I was teaching at a retreat. Do we operate as women who are daughters of the King? Do we understand what that means? The King of the universe, the creator first, do we understand the depth of what that means? Even in our business, even in our marketing, Mm -hmm. even in our business planning and goal setting, which are all good things. Do we operate as a daughter who is loved? And then do we operate free as one who has access to his wisdom and access to his perfect plan? All we got to do is seek after all of who he is, let his glory shine on what he's created us to be, those personality traits, those things that we bring to the world to offer and Mm -hmm. to bring his goodness to the world and to offer that up by simply talking about our good God. Now, maybe you aren't a preacher gal like me, but mm-hmm. you might have a different business where it's not necessarily a faith faith based business but you can be you can walk in that freedom and usher in that freedom in your business practices by just living as one who is loved and one who has access to the depths of wisdom and but it really comes back to the bottom line okay god what do i really how do i really value do mm-hmm. i really value your love for me, your approval, your acceptance over anything else. And God, will you show me, will you show me where I fall short, where I'm tipping that scale of valuing others and other postures and other heart postures. And, and also along the way, God, can you, can you humble me a little bit? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole different conversation, but, um, that's really how I've gotten to the place. But it's hard when you have, we are, we have information at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Google culture, you know, like it's being raised on Google. Like I can't remember a time where I couldn't just like hop online and do a quick search to figure out how to do anything. So the fact that it's like, there is a world based answer to any question I might have, but that doesn't mean that that's the answer that I should be Mm -hmm. or the path setting or or the path for me or the the answer that I'm setting my heart on and going, okay, well, okay, that's what I got to do. Yeah. Um, and it's just so hard to discern. Like, I think I I'm, finding it hard to discern, well, how do I know, you know, when I do run up against like, let's say a roadblock in my business or something that feels like a hurdle. Okay. How do I know if this hurdle is due to like, I'm not doing it the right way versus God is, you know, is putting the brakes on me because I'm getting too excitable and too after it. And like, this is too, this has become too weighty to me. So, Mm -hmm. so he's going to prevent that thing from happening the way that I would want or the way that I planned in order to reorient my heart to him and remind me that, okay, I didn't get the thing I wanted. So I got to go back to God now because my tendency is that when I get what I want, I'm like, yeah, cool. I did it. I'm the, I'm the best, you know, just I like, get it. Yeah. Keep, keep rolling. And I'm like, all right, let's pick up speed. And, and he knows that that's what I'll do. And so he's like, no, 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 calm down. You don't need that thing. And maybe he'll give it to me and maybe you won't. And like, either way, I ultimately have everything I need in Jesus. And so I, I it's like, I know that to be true in my head. And I believe that, but it's also like, how do I discern in the moment what exactly is happening in my life? Like, how do I know? How do I know? No, I think that that's so important that, that you've realized that you need to discern that Mm -hmm. for years. I was just trucking the road, just emotionally unhealthy at, uh, you know, roller coaster, all the things. And God was so sweet to still allow me to do the things I was passionate about. Yeah. But there were no's along the way. Hear me say that. There was so much disappointment and things along the way. But what I'm getting at is that uh, you may not be sitting in front of a 
sit your patootie down and put this project away mm-hmm. kind of season with God. That might not be your like a complete closed door, sit down, put it away. But on the daily, we can simply just put it aside and we have to stay a while. I call it stay a while. It's abide, abiding in Christ, staying a while with the Lord in his word, in prayer, sitting quiet, making space in our life. This is so practical. It's like, duh. When I started thinking through this, I was like, duh. <laughs> Right, But we have to create margin and white, I call it white space and margin in our life so that we can hear him speak, hear his voice toward these things that we have questions on. And we also have to remember he's after our heart more than he's after our successful project launch. Yes, exactly. Yep. You know, so you take that for wherever you are in your business Mm -hmm. ministry, wherever you are and say, okay, God, where are you after my heart? And where do we need to work on this? And let's, let's stay well. And I think, um, as you were talking, I was just like, you know, when, when you can't discern God's voice, it may be because there's too many other voices having input. You're you're going after the glitter instead of the gold block. Yeah. There's too many gurus, you know, and it's like, and, um, so true. Uh, there are. And I mean, I, it's so tempting because you're like, okay, somebody, somebody has it. Somebody has the answer, but no, I mean like nobody has the answer for, for your, for your life or your, like what your purpose is. The only one who could answer what your purpose is, is God, because he designed you and he created you with that. Um, you know, I hate, I hate the terminology God shaped hole, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. he created with you with an eternal purpose that only he can satisfy. So, so when the voices all are like, well, I don't know, like what's God, what's, what's true, what's me, what's, you know, the Holy spirit or what's that guru over there telling me, I think that's probably if you, I don't know if you'd agree, that's when you need to like, okay, you know, sign off of Instagram for some time, whatever you need to do, or, you know, unsubscribe from those emails from right, the people who totally. are telling you like, Hey, I've got your next project or you're not, you're not the next product that's going to solve all your problems. Like here it is. Um, I no, I agree. I've been fun. known to, uh, <laughs> literally delete the app off my phone. I, I've had to realize, okay, what are some areas of my day where I'm just not, I'm more vulnerable. I'm tired. It's an area of the day where my son comes home from school and it's time for homework. So I got to take that hat off that, mm-hmm. that writing hat off and I need to be a better mom hat. And so I delete the app off my phone for a number of hours. Like I go so mm. far as to delete it off because I get so wanting to, you know, needing to fill it's, I'm, it's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, let's do this. We're deleting it off and yeah. making that space really does clear head, whatever that, whatever your need is. So you're yeah. right. You we sometimes just need to be super practical about it. Right. Yeah, totally. That's good. That's, that's good advice. And like, you know, and I think back to what I was saying earlier, I think knowing that, you know, depending on what your propensity is, whether it's, you know, the, the battle of legalism versus licentiousness, you know, so I think we each kind of have like a tendency of which side you go to yeah. when, and for me, I've always t- tended towards the legalism. So I wasn't like the person pushing the rules. I'm the person going, well, I, that what, what I will be made right by is my adherence to the law, you know, and that's me. So knowing that about myself, like the, the second I put a one hour timer on my social media apps, I go into legalism mode of like, okay, well now if I don't meet that quota, if I, if I, if I go over, I'm a failure. And like, I start preaching the opposite of the gospel to myself versus going like, 
is there a better way for me to address that? And maybe it's like, just delete the app off your phone. Or I don't even know, you could probably create some other sort of like system for yourself that, you know, um, put your phone on the other side of the house when, when you wake up or whatever it may need to be. Um, but I don't know. I think like, I'm just learning more about myself and totally doing that really brought up some weird feelings for me. Like, Oh, I haven't struggled with that until now I'm seeing, you know, that it's just like the bunny trail of, Oh, I, I failed. Now I'm a failure now, you know, God doesn't Mm -hmm. love me or I'm, you know, it's just so it's right. Anyways, you're not living in the freedom that God created us to live you in, live in. Right. Yeah, no, I get it. It I doesn't mean freedom to scroll Instagram for four hours a day. Totally. But, yeah. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> the freedom of like a free heart yes. from those un- unhealthy emotional thoughts and thought processes that God didn't create, a, God doesn't yeah. want for us. Yeah. I always say if you're stressed out, hungry, hormonal, or tired, just get off your phone. Like Thank just you. get off your phone, stop the scroll. <laughs> you know, those are my four. I'm sure there are more, but that's kind of my go-to. Yeah, those are good. So, um, what like what scriptures or truths have you found that can that have helped you reorient your heart when all of this kind of comes bubbling up? I think a lot of it comes down to I love spending time in the Psalms mm-hmm. because the way David writes is an example for us of praise and worship. And when you get into a posture of praising God and seeking all of who he is and just praising him, we, we kind of get over ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do, we get over ourselves, especially if we ask him, God, will you help me get over myself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I go to the Psalms. I, I wrote um, my book, Just Rise Up, Call to Make Jesus Famous off of Psalm 145, because it continually reminds us in worship and in, in a posture, a humble posture before the Lord. Because when we find ourselves in that humble posture, it's not a posture of, oh, woe is me or any kind of degrading posture. It is allowing him to grab us by the hand and to, after being in a posture of worship where you're, you you know, you're, you're on your knees maybe, or, you know, more of emotionally kind of humble posture. He grabs us by the hand and he raises us up and he, as a daughter, sits us right next to him and says, this is who you are. So when I put myself in a place of worship and seeking after all of who he is, and then knowing, okay, God, I want to know who you say I am. So I'm always in the Psalms. I love, like I said, Psalm 145, one generation will claim his fame. Lately, I've been really sitting in Psalm 16. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I often use the voice translation and I should have grab, grabbed the ESV because I love the voice translate. I mean, I love the voice translation, but the ESV says it really good, but this is so applicable to what we've been talking about. Psalm 16, especially verse five, where it says you, O eternal one are my sustenance and my life giving cup in that cup. You hold my future and my eternal riches. Uh, this, this, this is one of those boundaries conversation, mm-hmm. uh, where God, you direct my path that leads to a beautiful life in verse 11. As I walk with you, the pleasures are never ending. And I'm truly, I know truly joy and contentment. Uh, in other verses, this says the God, that God, or in other uh, translation, it says God draws the boundaries. And that's not a bad thing. Is that the one where it's um, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant, pleasant places? places? Oh yes, my gosh, that's one of my favorite the verses. Yes. So the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places, mm-hmm. but it comes from a posture of, do we trust 
God in his goodness for us, that his boundary lines are not negative. They are like, but look, this is what I, you may think that's a no, but this is a yes. And this is all what the yes entails because it is tailor-made for you, for what I've created in you, for what I have laid in your path of who to serve for my glory. You get to partner with God in that boundary Mm -hmm. and you get to thrive in that boundary. And we can only come to a place of understanding and appreciating the value of that boundary. When when we get to that place where uh, verse five in the voice, it says, you eternal one are my sustenance and my life giving cup. I think in the ESV, it says, you are my portion. You are the one, you are the reward. You are my sustenance. You are my value. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you can get in conversations about inheritance and and all of that. I don't want to start preaching at you, but (laughs) this is really what I get into. Okay, God, you've drawn some pretty clear lines here who is clearly in my boundary line that is good we've established that who is that 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 I can serve with my business with my with my teaching with my hands physically going and serving that's our family first and foremost Mm -hmm. uh and then who is it that is right here right now are here now and um yes it's such a fine line though with that with when we talk about goal setting and planning. I'm still trying to navigate that line mm-hmm. of like, okay. Cause to me, that seems like, okay, we're extending the boundary line, mm-hmm. but I, I really have to believe that when we sit and find ourselves, what I call, like I said, like I said, staying a while in his word and prayer, making margin to hear his voice, then we can, in a healthy place, draw, like he draws those boundary lines. We draw them with him as far as the goal setting and the planning. I mean, those are very good things, planning things out. I mean, when God had his people build the temple in the old Testament, they didn't just throw it all together. Right? No, he said, this is your talent right here. You do woodwork. Here's what I want the woodwork to look like. You are my singers. Here's when and where and how I want you to sing. They had it all planned out but they were partnering with God. So it's a matter of like slowing the horses saying, okay, Mm -hmm. God, where do you have me moving? And also just thriving and finding the blessing of your here and now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's, I I think that's a really helpful visual to see, to see the boundary lines, like look at where they really are drawn in your life right now Mm -hmm. and shift your thinking of them as being the things keeping you, keeping you back at, instead of that, viewing them as the, the boundary that is there so that you can thrive within them. And, and it's yeah. holding, it's holding you together. It's not, it's not always, you know, God is holding you back, but he's actually holding you together. Together. I love that. You know, I love that verse and I've loved that verse for a long time because it does point me back to that. My life, while it does, it's a very physical life. I have two little kids. Like mm-hmm. my life is a, a I'm like living in my in my actual body and my actual, like, I'm not just in my head all day reading reading scripture. I would love that. That would be great. But you know, this very physical life, I, there's also the spiritual side that is always right up against, you know, it's, it's the parallel of everything that's going on that I don't see and just reorient us and pointing us back. Like when we look at that weightier glory Mm -hmm. and his glory, then ours becomes just very faint, you know, it becomes so small and it's like, you know what? Like if that thing never comes to be, I'm fine because I have the weightiest glory as my defining value. Like you, you have given me the value that I have and nothing I do does that. So it's like, if our value is found in something outside of our work, then our work can come and go as it may. 
and we can remain constant. And like you said, not have to ride the roller coaster of emotion every time we get a yes or a no or a, a worldly worldly boundary line increased or pulled back or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, agree. I agree. But I think it, it's just constantly saying, okay, God, am I, how, show me how to value you mm-hmm. more than that and not grasp at glitter that gets in my eyes and annoys me. If it, you know, like glitter can be mm-hmm. distracting those things that can annoy us and you, you puff glitter and it can get in your face and yeah, it's pretty, but it's mm-hmm. not withstanding and steadfast. And so it, it literally takes asking the Lord. I have written it in my journal over and over again. God, show me how to do this. Yeah. In my flesh, I can easily go toward the glitter because uh, it's shiny and it's right here. And sometimes mm-hmm. we don't always see. see and it's the- what sells. It's exactly. what the world is peddling. I mean, exactly. is, everything is glitter. Right. Um, but just like the saying goes, not all that glitter, glitters is gold. And, and right. a lot of it you know, I mean, we could take that analogy way too far, but right. I mean, think about glitter <laughs> when you actually start using it, you can't ever get rid of it. I mean, it, mm-hmm. and it like it's on everything around. Like I don't I mean, even yeah. let my kids play with glitter because I hate it so much. Right. Right. Literally it takes a lot more work to clean it up than it does to make a mess with it. Oh, that's a good word. That's so, so good. Yes. Yes. There you go. Thank there we go. We, that analogy with <laughs> yes, I love it. You I gave I, me some good stuff for the next time. <laughs> That's great. Yes. You can make that into your next Instagram post. That'd be great. (laughs) Um, So yeah. So where have you, where have you landed in this whole thing? Cause you, you kind of said that you went through a period of lots of um, what, what was the season? Closed door season. Closed door season. Yeah. So are you still in that? I mean, where have you come from, from there? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm officially out of the closed door. Uh, sometimes I wish we could just stay there because I saw the value of just sitting with the Lord and not having to produce and because it was in such a rotten place of trying to stay relevant and striving and all the things. I am in a place where I feel like, like I've said over and over again, I know where I start to slip back into grasping for that glitter and start to say, Lord, like, bring me back to the place where I value, where I, where I value your presence, where I want, I crave your presence. And I crave the fact that I know that I'm known and seen and loved right here, right now by you, God. But let me tell you, it's hard. I think right now where I am, I feel pretty good about that with the, with respect to my work. Uh, because I, I see where he has me like just fun projects of how I get to serve others and, and do what I'm passionate about. He's opened those doors back up to start doing things here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's always more work. And right now it's really working on friendships and it's mm-hmm. really working on, okay, those gals went out without me. Wow. Okay. That kind of hurts. I saw them post about it. They probably forgot to ask me. Maybe they didn't forget to ask me, you know, like all the things. And yep. so it, it just never was a thing back in my twenties. Cause the so, cause social media wasn't a thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. Uh, and then now as I'm getting to wait, because I have more space in my life to, to invest in, in friendships. So mm-hmm. that's a whole different conversation. I know, mm-hmm. but I think with regards to my business and the whole idea of just being included and invited and, and, um, accepted because we've done the hard work, the, the God and I have just, he's peeled back and I trust my heart with him. I, I really get to a place where, okay, I have realized that I must, must, must 
keep a steady state of my emotional, not my emotional state. And when I get a yes, I must not swing woohoo up high. And, and, and my, my worth swings way up here and I'm so mm. excited. And yes, it is when I get a yes or an invitation, that is a great thing to celebrate, but I mm. cannot my, um, let that emotional co- roller coaster swing, you know, ride that way because there's always going to be a no, or you start comparing yourself because you're in, and then I let it slide the other way. So I'm really seeking after God for that sweet middle ground. Mm-hmm. And I found that as just like seeking after his presence. And I know that sounds really cheesy, not cheesy at all, but really churchy. That's the word I'm saying. Really churchy, seeking after God's presence mm-hmm. and letting him like stabilize my emotions of yeah. celebrating when we got to celebrate, but not, not riding that roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I picture like wanting to be like my great grandma was, she was just so constant. And I could hear her saying both something that was like a tragic diagnosis and a huge blessing from God in the same tone of voice. Do you know what I mean? Like, like like almost where you're like, Oh, are you not upset? You know, are you not mad? Or are you not so excited? But it's like, I want to be like that, like where you can get the the awesome news or the terrible news and be like, I am unmoved. You know, I am unmoved because I, my, my foundation was never on so good. The good outcome or yeah. the bad outcome. Like it, that wasn't what I was looking to. So, so like, I will, I will pray and I will seek God. And like you said, like, I will, I will seek the presence of God in whatever I'm in, but I won't be, um, so moved by my yeah. circumstances. Yeah. That's- because as moms, I've seen as a mom and a wife, that emotional state affects my family. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, that re- is reason enough. Lord, please help me. Yeah me find that sweet middle ground with you. Yeah. 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 When I was in launch mode, um, a couple weeks ago, I was like the meanest mom ever. And I had, um, I I had a, an interview, um, on the very, on the, the worst of the days actually. And it was really good. And I was like, this is what I've been doing today. And she was like, Oh, you are serving the kingdom of mom. And I was like, tell me about the kingdom of mom. And it was totally, I was like, yep, that's me. I, I am completely. And yeah. And it it makes me the the thing that I have to be careful of is like, when I see that about myself, then my tendency is, okay, well, I'm just never going to launch a thing again. I'm just going to stop. Like I won't do that. If, if the risk is the risk is too big. So I'm just going to like pull back. I'm going to pull out. And, and my tendency as a, as a three on the Enneagram, like the achiever is when I'm on a three too. Are you seriously? Yeah. No wonder we get each other. Okay. Keep going. What do you So like when you're unhealthy, you go to a nine, which their, um, their unhealthy state or, or whatever the non-resourceful state is, um, like lethargy and laziness and, and kind of not doing like, they just bow out of everything. And that's when I hear myself going, I'm just not going to do that. I know I'm in the non-resourceful mode because I'm like, I got burned somehow by my hard work and my ethic and my, I'm just going to achieve, achieve and do and do. And then when it didn't happen the way I wanted it to, I'm like, well, never mind. I'm just going to quit. You know, I'm not even, I'm never going to do this again. So there, how do you like it now? You know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's like such a bratty reaction, but that is no, I get it. where I go. Totally get it. And, and yeah, so you have to be I, careful of that. Like, you know, yes, like there's a way to respond when you do that. Like, yeah. Okay. Don't serve kingdom of mom, but that doesn't mean never try again. You know, it doesn't mean never launch again. It doesn't mean, you know, it, right. that that's my, 
that's my new battle is like, okay, so how do I do that? How do I, how do I now prepare myself and prepare my heart and go to God and say like, help me not do that next time. Like, I don't want that to be my reaction and I don't want to be so moved by the circumstance, you know? Yeah. I think that gets to what is the root of Mm -hmm. that emotional reaction? Like where even map it out? Like, where did that Mm -hmm. start? Where did that, I mean, I'll tell you a lot of this acceptance and, 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 and inviting and all that it, it reared its head a lot in my ministry world early, early on. Uh, but I can even trace it back to like the cool kids in fifth grade, they all had their mm-hmm. sleeper sleepover and I wasn't invited, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just crazy things like that, that we remember and then yeah. take root in our heart. Yeah. And it's just, a narrative like, you tell yourself too. Exactly. And then just asking God to reveal that and trusting his goodness to, uh, heal and, and, and work through it so that we can partner with him in a more healthy way with where he has us and our purpose mm-hmm. and his plan for us. So, yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Sarah. This oh, has been Thank you great. for having me. This was awesome. So fun. So, and where, where can people connect with you online now that we've just bashed Instagram all this hour? So <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, I love Instagram. It's, it's fine. Sarah F as in Frank, Sarah F Martin on Instagram. That's where I'm really spending a lot of my time doing just hanging out that, as you can tell, that's where I've gone down the good roads and the bad roads, but I'm here for it. So yeah, I would love to find you there. Awesome. Perfect. And people can find your books on your website. Yeah, totally. On my website, liveitoutblog.com or Amazon, uh, anywhere books are sold. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Sarah. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Guys, thanks for listening today. And I I pray that that conversation inspired, encouraged and strengthened your conviction and knowledge that you are enough and that really Jesus is the one who is enough for you, no matter how uninvited or insignificant you may feel. Next week, I'm going to be sharing the breakdown of what I learned from launching my course, Launch What You Love, and my first time doing a live launch of this full-blown course that I developed for female entrepreneurs. So I'm going to be really breaking it down on what I learned from this whole experience. And some of it's practical, some of it's spiritual, but um, all of it is real. And I get very vulnerable and honest in this episode. So be sure and tune in next week. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and click subscribe so you don't miss it. And you'll just get new episodes every week in your podcast app. All right. Thank you guys so much and have an amazing week.